Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm yours, morning. My course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Everton at Goodison Park. A straggling Everton side, but did, as most people calling the Ginger Mourinho taking over at the helm. Yeah, I mean, 19th meets uh, the table toppers. I mean, the look is going to be also an emotional day also for Evertonians. I mean, like they lost Lamp- Lampard a few weeks back. And then uh, besides now getting a new coach in Sean Dyche, you, you know, get him out of this mire. Uh, they also then end up getting almost like no players coming in. And I mean, it, it almost like looks like a mess what, what's happening in the background. But I mean, as you said, look, it's also a game that you can't take lightly because... You don't know if it's that, that new manager syndrome that's going to pop up where sure. teams, you know, want to prove themselves to the coach that are probably going to get the chance that weren't getting it, the, you know, the chances under under a Lampard. So, I mean, yeah, we have to be prepared. I think if we go into that sort of mindset also, the way we've been going along in the course of the Premier League season, I mean, it should bode as well. And another thing I also want to add, I mean, with regards to Everton also, I mean, I think that, that we can, in a way, also understand like where the Everton fans are coming from. I think we also were in that situation where they also wanted to know, look, they now got $45 million for uh, Anthony Gordon. And also nothing of that money was even, you know, pumped back into, you know, getting them some sort of sign. Because, I mean, they even failed with getting uh, one of the IU brothers and he was a free agent and they still managed to lose out to Nottingham Forest in that, in that sense. Sure. It's, it's, it's maybe... It's weird what's happening to Everton. I mean, they, the season before, I mean, they had, not last season, the season before with Ancelotti, they yeah. actually, you know, pushed Arsenal to the wire for that thing. It was eighth spot and just, just put them. But I mean, the next, following season, they just, you know, started off on a downward trajectory. Lampard managed to save them slightly. And, and you know, they're carrying on with this, with this rot selling their players off and that. But I mean, you know, last season against Everton, even though they, they were battling it, but they managed to still beat us 2-1. And I think it was also crucial, you know, for the top four race. And I think if if, if Arsenal allowed um, Everton to get in their faces and settle and let the crowd get on them, it could be, you know, a tricky affair. But we kind of need to, you know, play on the negativity happening at the club yeah. where you kind of just, you know, smash one, smash two. Suddenly the fans are on the players and, you know, you can make it an easy game. Yeah, I think they're also going to have like some sort of protest against the board as well. So as you said, use that sort of, you know, animosity. We had almost like it's going to start turning also onto the players. I mean, look, I know it's a bit harsh to say, but I mean, look, we had a sort of cutthroat phase of the season now where, I mean, there's no time for sentiment now. It's like, you know, just grounding and pounding your way now through to the, like, you know, till the end of the season. Yeah, and I think Arsenal... I think Arsenal City last night, like, you know, under the Wenger area, um, Arsenal, that, that latter part, they, they lacked that bit of ruthlessness. And I think that this team has it now where, you know, they, they're not going to allow maybe Everton, or this is my perception of yeah. how things have been, like, they're not going to allow Everton to, you know, lick their wounds and feel sorry for themselves and lick them. You know, I think this team are going to kind of, like, bury you and say, you know, try next week to, to pick yourselves up because... You know, we have something to play for here. And I think even against Man United, we, we kind of, you know, really dive deep till the end to, to win the game. And I think I don't want us to 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 rest on our laurels and, you know, allow Everton to, to play or equalise or score the first goal because we don't want to make it a difficult night for ourselves. Yeah, and I mean, look, uh, Don Hutchinson was also saying the other day, like, 
where he fears, you know, in a way for Everton. Look, look, he's like, you know, got the, the Evertonian roots in him as well. But he was saying, look, as much as he wants Everton, like, you know, to win, but is it if Arsenal going to come with that sort of form that you saw now like, going in the course of the season so far? Then is it he's going to worry about not only that, but I think uh, seven days later, then Everton played Liverpool in the Merseyside derby. And is it he doesn't even know how that, the, the repercussions of, what even like a defeat today would do for them when they have to still play a Liverpool because look, Liverpool aren't also in the greatest of form, but yeah, you know, they almost like the Everton fan base or even like some of the Everton pundit uh, fan base, they were almost like talking about, uh, you know, wanting to get a, uh, you know, almost like a, a foot forward, in, uh, especially in a game like this. But they also know, you know, what to expect if you're gonna just almost like kind of sacrifice yourself to Arsenal by. You know, going all out attack, and then you get you know just sucker punch through sheer power the way we play. Oh, would you would you go with a try and trust the starting lineup? I mean, you obviously Ramsdale and goals and Jinko, Saliba, Gabriel or Gabriel Saliba, um, Ben White, or you let to tell me I still start the game? Now let Ben White keep it as as as, as I said when I when I always I, I revert to this and I always say. The team of at the start of the season, and that was like you know the way that the team was set up against Palace away. You set it up again like that today because my my thinking is also we've got almost like seven days between now and um, the Brentford game. So I mean now you can you know put everything. We don't have like anything midweek or any sort of distraction. Now you can play, and you can also make use of of what is probably going to be a very strong bench for Arsenal as well. Yeah, so so you so you won't say because of Tavares' performance, you you won't throw him in at right back. You'll just slot um, Ben White back at right back again. Yeah, because look, my my take is just look. If you see somebody, let's say, I'm just now saying now with regards to how it could play out. You, you just say Tamari yeah. Gray is getting the upper end of of Ben White. Then look, you know, you got a plan B right there on the bench. That can, yeah, I was like. Slowly work him out, uh, you know, Damari out of the game. We stars him on the ball, man marks him. Almost like ultra man marking. We the same way he did to Marcus Rashford when he, the minute he started picking up where the strings was and what he needed to stop. Marcus Rashford had what but one chance against us in the second half. Yeah, and then, then Trossard, you say you'll bring him from the bench. You will kind of add him as your surprise package. Yeah. You know when 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 Everton legs are tiring, then you give some electrostar against somebody to really run at them, because now it's against somebody with very quick feet. I mean, I think he's got even quicker feet than than Martinelli. And I yeah. mean, once gets into the box, it takes one tired leg or trip or whatever, and you get a penalty or something like that. Yeah, one thing about Trossard that I've noticed, like when he gets in the box, he's a very dangerous player to get close <laughs> to because because he looks like he could get a foul from him very quickly because of that quick feet. Like you said, all it takes is you stick your foot out and you know you connect him and down he goes. So you know it's nice to have that option coming off the bench, and you know one day we will see Jorginho at any point in the game. Yeah, I think if you want to also. Played a bit safe also with Parkinson's. I mean, look, you don't also know how he reacted um, with it. Look, okay, they said he, he should be fit, but I mean, sometimes party is also very, you know, you have to recommend cotton all at certain points in games also. So, uh, but uh, you know, just back to, to Trossard. I mean, for me, when I when I watch him now, it's almost like if you look quick, it's almost like you're watching Santa Cazola when he's in the box. Like, yes. Not that low center of gravity, he's almost like off under the, the armpits of a defender or whatever. Wriggling himself free and that, and, and I mean, you saw in that that, that, that little bit that he had in, in the United game, we they had like four around him or three around him, and he still wriggled himself throughout, like you know, got himself out of that little predicament. Yeah, no, that's the end just after that goal, and then also 
against Man City also they over but scared of him a little while because he actually um you know showed them showed them some danger actually and then you just look at the teams he scores against as well. I mean he scored against United, Old Trafford, a trick against um of Liverpool and I think I don't know if he scored against Chelsea in the in the game, but you know, he's a big game player as well. So you have you have somebody that you know doesn't respect his opposition, not in a disrespectful way, but just he backs himself. You know, he's not going to let yeah. the reputation get to him. So you know, he'll be, a, he'll be a good player to come off the bench, and 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 you know, like you said, the tiring legs. Um, he, he will probably you know do something. He looks like a player that always has something in him. And I mean, you saw the performance he also put up in the in the FA Cup against Man City, where you could see. Until he came off the field, they couldn't deal. They couldn't live with him. I mean, look, John Stones ended up pulling his hamstring because the way, uh, you know, uh, Trossard was twisting him almost like a pretzel through in and out. <laughs> um, with regards now to the match, I think, you, you know, Arsenal need to go, you know, really aggressive. I mean, not physically, but I mean, the, the tempo of the game. So that we almost like dominate the pace. And also, you know, something like you said in the start of the podcast now, you know, put the game to bed early, cut out the, you know, the, the drama that, not necessarily cut out, almost like exploit that drama that's happening at, at Everton. Because I think any little thing that goes our way in that first, say, 20 minutes, they're going to be already on the, the boards back and probably yes. reverberate onto the pitch and into the coaching of, of Everton. That is my take of the game. No, it's true. And- and think about it, you know, Arsenal they push a 2-3-0 lead or something like that early on and get the three points. You're kind of telling Man City, okay, you know, we're eight points clear for the same game, so you guys have to play first at the Tottenham Stadium, which, you know, you I'm not saying it's, it's um, City might lose, but I'm just saying, you know, you never know what Spurs turn up. They can decide on the day it's the Spurs that, you know, has City's number. And we can only hope for that. And, you know, a draw even will be good at, at, at the stadium for us. I mean, any point City drops now and we gain, it will be pressure. So I'm actually happy we're playing the first game. So we actually now, because psychologically now, I mean, City yeah. lost Concello as well. And he was, you know, a big creator for them, at, you know, putting the crosses in and that. So it's a big loss for them as well. And I think, you know, like I said, Arteta putting pressure on Pep, but it's also a mind game now. City have to realize, oh, look, we're eight points behind, and and we're gonna have a game in hand. So if we do anything wrong now, and Arsenal exploit it, you know, it could go into double digits. And I think what what Arteta, I wouldn't be surprised if we did this. Also, is you know, just replay, just players replay and watch the the, the match of last season against Everton. I mean, I know it was I think something like twenty twenty one. I think we ended up playing them there. Yeah. For that 21-22 season where it was also a game that we sneaked for, like, you know, sneaked ahead and then I think the last 15 minutes or whatever, everything just kind of fell apart. So I'm yeah. so he's, he's going to probably drill it into them. Look, let's right the wrongs of last season and let's, you know, don't give them that sort of chance or little uh, window of hope that we did in that that, uh, that game of 2021. Yeah, I think that it's important to kill the window of hope. I mean, we saw it with Una Emery back in, I think it was 2018, we went on that amazing unbeaten run, and then just, just, just as they had the new coach come in, Southampton, you know, pipped us three two. Yeah. And 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 if you if you allow a team to get ahead of steam, you make it very difficult for yourself, especially like you said, when that environment is a bit, you know, hostile and, and it was like you, like I mean, you you said like as an Arsenal fan, there was a time where 
it, we were just waiting for something negative to happen so we can get on to like, you know, moan and rant and things like that. So I think Arsenal, um, you need to play on that, take your chances and just be ruthless, something that Arteta's installed to these guys. Yeah. So we're going to move now into the almost like latter part now, the, the podcast. Season. So, I mean, there's not too much to talk about um, since we did now a more in-depth one last week with the, the playing the two Manchester's over last weekend. The last weekends, I mean. Uh, the, the talking points I wanted to bring up was, uh, what was your take now on the transfer window? You know, it, it's, it's twofold. I think the, the one aspect, you know, that's a bit disappointing, you know, losing on the first targets. But, you know, what is that? it's good to see that Arteta, they had plan Bs for everything, you know. And that's and look, looking back at it, Arteta signings, I mean, I think but for William probably, but I mean, he's hitting form at Fulham, so maybe there was something there. But, you know, all these signings that he's made, um, and there's been sense to it. Like, I, I'll put my hand up and say when I, when I heard about Ramsdale, I wasn't happy. I was like, yeah, you got relegated at two clubs. Yeah. Um, you look at, um, who else did we get? We got Ben White, you know, not everybody was happy with it. Um, I mean, Asus wouldn't have been my first first choice um, out of all the strikers. But every signing that he makes is a plan behind. There's not just like, oh, we're buying this person. There's something he sees anything behind this players. I mean, Trossard, there's something there. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Center, Tony center back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's also... Um, I haven't seen too much about him, but there must be a reason why we signed him. And Jorginho, you know, I thought I wasn't too happy because he's a bit slow sometimes, but I'm sure Arteta bought him for a reason. And and I think that there's definitely value that he'll add in the team. So, yeah, I think just I, I changed my mind to the bit is that, you know, Arteta has a plan and we have to trust in it. Yeah, and then with regards to the exits, I mean, there's there's a whole few of the youngsters that left. I'm not going to go into detail with that really, but I mean, <coughs> three of the key, not only the key players, but key uh, exits. Uh, it's like uh, leaving to Crystal Palace for an off-season loan. Uh, Cedric going to Fulham, and then Marquinhos going to Norwich City. Like also all, all three really for game time. But I mean, of course, I think Cedric is more. It's just a move to actually eventually get him a summer exit somewhere else. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's the case with Cedric, but Marquinhos needs the game time and he wasn't going to get it, you know, at Arsenal. I think, especially with games being limited, being knocked at the FA Cup, I think they did the right move. I think Lukonga probably needs Vieira because Vieira will probably kick him under the backside, you know, if he's not going to, to perform. Maybe it's the right move for him and maybe there's a play in there that Vieira can unlock. I mean, who better than to learn from? Yeah. So that's, that's a positive. And then... Um, yeah, that Cedric, like you said, is probably just uh, on his way out. Um, one, one, one known that I would like to, you know, make mention about, but it's, I think it is a Balogun. He's still an Arsenal player, if I'm not mistaken. He's yeah. been performing really well at the moment. I mean, yeah, I think he's top scorer in the French league at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be a big thing also come uh, the summer. Like, what do we eventually do? Like, you go into the season with. Uh, the likes of Jesus and Ketia and, and Balogun as your front three, front line forwards. But because look, it's again a case of having a like you know, I think it's what four more wins and it's Champions League is guaranteed anyway. But um, you're gonna need 
was like uh, something you also mentioned down the years also now since we've been podcasting. You need almost like two fantastic first eleven, like first eleven and a good a solid second eleven that can also yeah. take over certain tournaments and that way. If you especially when you want to run on like four fronts or whatever, how how much you're gonna you know sacrifice? We don't have to really tinker with the with the main Premier League side or the Champions League side. Yeah, it is true, but the thing is, like, Balogun at the moment, like, you know, is he going to want to to come back and be, a, a, like, almost a second fiddle or fight for a spot, or is he going to want to go to a club, you know, where he's almost, you know, nailed on number nine? Um, Something I also wanted to add, which I thought was a very nice touch, I don't know if you heard about this, but look, with El Nini, um, he's going to run out now this coming June. Yeah. He picked like like this injury picked up a few weeks back in training. Uh, it was almost like a season-ending probably injury because I think he selected Devon up or something, and then then it comes the recuperation period, which mean he, which means or which would have meant that he leaves the club almost like as a free agent, and like you know just coming off such a bad injury, and Arsenal have actually taken up the option to give him another year. Which I oh, that's kind of fantastic because I think probably you can you can probably still listen to offers when he can, like you know gets himself fit to play again and that if if the offer should ever come in for him, but it doesn't like it gives him that and that's what I, I always love about Arsenal. They you can see they actually take care of this player. They know like look what he's done for the club, and I think it's something that 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 um, Wenger did to to Arteta when it looked almost like his career was over when he had that like, also that like, uh, big knee injury. And uh, Wenger did uh, roughly the same thing. We actually gave him another year. We had the club actually give uh, Arteta another year. And it's almost like now that that cycle is going full circle where Arteta is now doing something like to a player like El Nini. Because it, even though he's going to be recouping and that, he's also now uh, one of the junior coaches also there at Arsenal, of the, I think under 12s or something, or under 13, something like that, with Jaka. But, I mean, it's a nice touch because at least you give that guy a sort of, Sense of security to you know recover, like recover in in peace without that 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 shadow or clouding over him of oh yeah I'm gonna be uh, cut from the squad in June. Yeah, no, I think that like that's where it's different to Pep. You know, Pep's very cutthroat. I mean, if he doesn't like something or not putting into his plan, he'll just cut you loose and that's it. Where Tete more more often has that soft, softer, um, more compassionate side to him. I mean, even as a coach. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a very family unit that, like, I mean, you told me that um, I didn't even know about it. That, like, the players, right, I think even suppers with each other, without the coaching staff and like that. It just shows that togetherness and that unity that, you know, we've missed at the club. And, like, even when you were speaking, like, we were talking about the bombing situation, you know, how he's being knocked out of Chelsea's Champions League squad. Yeah. It just shows, like, the, the type of player or attitude he had, you know, um, Fast cars, this flashy clothing, flashy this, and that was the wrong impression to uh, give to the to the youngsters. You know, we had a very young side, so you know, it's it's all decisions that was just well thought out of. And I think this Arsenal side is something special. I mean, I haven't seen this, um, you know, and I never had the opportunity to fully appreciate it because you know, being still a youngster, teenager, like young teenager. With, with the Robert Perez, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Lundberg, Silvio Silva, Vieira, all in their prime. Like you don't really appreciate it, and and now like you're always getting a second opportunity because now you look at this Arsenal side and you're proud of them at this point. 
Yeah, and I mean, at, at the moment, it's like when, when you watch them, like, whether it's on field, off field, on camera, off camera, it, it's not like you're watching a band of brothers because it's like they, they, you know, they will fight for each other, they will stick up for each other, they'll they have the banter and that with each other. But I mean, you, you see, I mean, when you have a dressing room where they, you know, I'm not saying we, you, you're fooling around like it was under Emery, but yeah. you, uh, 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 where everybody's happy, where everybody can talk. And, and I, I told you, like, if you watch even that all or nothing, when you see Xhaka talk to some of the younger players, he talks with them as if they're all the same age, and yet he's the, you know, real senior in the squad or whatever. And yet you have a, you still have that sort of respect between two, but he, he talks to them as a, uh, you know, like, I'm like a, a level-headed guy like that. He's not going to, like, talk down to somebody cause you, just because you're younger. You know, and it's amazing also the Jacques and the transformation of him. I mean, there was a time I thought, you know, his Arsenal career is done. I mean, even prior yeah. to that, you know, he was clapping himself off. But I didn't know, like, he went from a player that was so reckless and used to dive into challenges and, you know, but I don't know. It seems, seems like he has a more level head. He seems a cooler head, almost like the same player that he's played for Switzerland. And, you know, just hopping off topic as well. You're looking at this defence now of Arsenal and you wonder, like, you know, what was Arsene Wenger and Co. doing? Or even, you know, even you look at Emery, like, what, what, what were they doing when they were signing defenders? I mean... It, it was like calamity of the calamity, and now you look off. Look, I mean, look at Skilachi. We had, we had Mustafi. I mean, I, I, there's, there's probably so much more names. I mean, Giroud. We had at the backup. It was all players that, I mean, Arteta probably um, wouldn't have in his team at all. And, uh, and you wonder, like, you know, what was the difference that? What did Wenger lose that that he started signing these type of players to play for us in defense? Where you look at. What we have now, it's like a solid backline, which you, you know, for most part, you you look at them and confidently say, like, wow, these guys are solid. And I mean, it's also like, I think you want to see also a comparison. Just do even like, just type in Mustafi, Eras Arsenal. That's all you have to type in <laughs> on YouTube. And you can actually see how far we've now, as you now brought up now, how far we've now come. Whereas you look at these guys, I mean, no wonder they, they label Saliba like the Rolls Royce of defense because he just purrs along. And you know what I found funny when they, they had a talk to him the other day? Um, they were asking him about, like, you know, like they asked him like straight questions and they told him, like, you know, you don't like sliding tackle, do you? He goes, like, no. That's why he uses his speed to almost like outmuscle you. So you don't need to. I mean, look, it's not like he does not slide tackle at all, but he knows for most parts. He's gonna like beat you for pace for roughly like even if you uh, fast forward, because I mean I think we you and I also saw that that got that real respect for him was when he was playing for was Marseille and he Marseille you know, yes when he kept up with Mbappe or actually yeah, out, yeah. and it, that says I love a lot and I mean the way the, the sort of uh, also like the way they they read each other like at the moment like how as much stress sometimes we get sometimes with with Gabriel. But sometimes he knows if Saliba's in has got the issue, he's gonna cover up for him. Yeah. If Gabriel has an issue, Saliba's gonna be there to clean up. So I mean it's fantastic. And then of course you got Ramsdale also in that that trio or that, that central or the back three and that. That that also does that sort of cleaning up when he knows the two of them are taking the heat and he knows when he's gonna have to slow the game down or when he has to get the ball foot to feet and out to touch. Because I mean the the the, the, the the way they're comfortable. Look, sometimes, look, you play at risk. I mean, you could get caught out or whatever. 
But I mean, they just know which levels to push to to get, you know, get themselves out. And that's why they look so comfortable when they pass the ball out from defense. Yeah, I know the team has just gone from strength to strength to strength. It's almost like, you know, it's different circumstances. But like, you know, when Wenger took over, that's almost like a fifth place finish, third yeah. place finish, then league title. I mean, I know we came, it's a bit weird, but we went from like eighth to, to fifth. And, you know, maybe maybe we, 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 we push on. And I think it's just like I said, it's important to, to, to keep the team all up and, you know, now that we have a, a bigger squad, I mean, don't play players into the ground completely. I mean, yeah. you know, you give, you give Trossard a chance, you know, whether he plays maybe for Martinelli and the next week he plays in for Saka and then you like, you know, you bring Martinelli and Saka back again to play, you know, until, because now when we're playing, I mean, we have uh, like, you know, Jorginho and Party and those, I'm not saying rotate all the time, but here and there just throw somebody in there. So, the, so if somebody picks up an injury, you're not, you know, having to say, okay, now you must hit the ground running and play this person to the ground. I mean, we have a good squad and we, we don't have many games to play now. It's just what, you know, whatever European games we have, which thankfully we have that bye as well to the round of 16. Yeah. So let's make use of it and, and, and try to, to, to press home the advantage and pressure on City as their Champions League pictures come. So, I mean, look, uh, I've got two more points to bring up, but I mean, the, law, the penultimate point is uh, kicking on for 2023, what would your ideal situation be uh, to, you know, drive this sort of issue now home, like, you know, going into the last, like, say, four or five months of the season? What would be your take? How would you best go about things? Look, I think not, not, not much needs to be changed from how it's going at the moment. I think like I said, don't play players to the ground. You know, try to rotate so that you kind of have um, your fresh um, players around. And I think it's important that we try to end games early because there's obviously going to be times where it's going to get a bit hectic. But I think, you know, the earlier you end the game, the less stress you put on yourself as a team fatigue-wise. You can just kind of, you know, see the game out because if we must chase games like we do against United, you know, that, that type of game where we were playing to, you know, almost till that 90th minute, you kind of exhaust yourself. And I think it's important to keep City away from touching distance. I think then obviously the nerves will come into play. I think it's important to, you know, every time City slip up, you press on that advantage. And, and um, you know, when we play against City, even even in if, if we pick up, I'm not looking at it in a negative way, but even if we pick up one point of of the one to two points from the game against him. Obviously, it's ideally to beat them, but if they don't make ground on us at that phase, then I think Arsenal have a big chance. I mean, we will still get into that, but I think it's just important to dispatch the games that, you know, which are winnable and not get too dragged in by not finishing teams off earlier. And I mean, look, I also think, or my take is, look, City are also fully spread, if you think of it, in in, in the... Amount of games because yeah, got FA Cup tie to take care of. They've got uh, like two matches to go in the in the Champions League. You don't know if they're gonna go through or you know stumble or you know they go through the next round, which is like you know an extra few games against what would probably be even a stronger team in the next yeah. phase of the Champions League. And then of course you've got now them thinking what you said now with also playing the likes of say a Tottenham or whatever. Any of these teams that you have to play away where things could get a bit sticky and. Look, they haven't now signed anybody in the transfer window. They 
or I think what they did do is like a, probably a youngster, but I'm talking of the impact players. It's, yeah. I think it's going to be so on a knife edge for them because they also don't want to get like you know injuries where they're going to have to start digging deep because as as you know, City have a fantastic like say 18 man squad. Yeah. And after that, you're just going to have the the young players, the academy players that are going to come through. So yeah, anything to, to just be a, as a stumbling block for them would be a lot of a bonus for us. And I mean, look at Cancelo. I mean, that was a, a big loss for them. You know, whether Pep likes it or not. Uh, yeah. I mean, he may have fallen a bit out of favour at the end, but I mean, he's a top quality player and he adds a lot to the game. That being said, you know, you pick up a knock to your brain or Haaland. I mean, they have Alvarez, but Alvarez is no Haaland at the moment. You know, he will score, but... I mean, he's not as strong and you have to change your entire game plan now because Ireland, they can just fling the ball into the box and you'll get into the end of something. So, you know, these tough games away from home, I mean, you know, if we look at it, they still have to, we both have to, or we have to go to Anfield, they still need to play Liverpool at the Etihad. I mean, the Spurs game is going to be crucial and I think both of us welcome Chelsea and then obviously we have to play each other. So, it's going to be tight and like you said, the further they go in the Champions League, you know, it's almost like the, the eyes are going to go, you know, should, should we should we maybe just focus on the Champions League rather? I mean, we have like probably five Premier Leagues in the last, you know, six or seven seasons. Do we need another one or, or can we take, you know, the Champions League home with us, which is kind of the holy grail and, you know, separating Pep from really standing out as a manager at the club. Yeah. Uh, so, this is the final point I'm going to bring up before we end off. Uh, Arteta yesterday was named manager of the month for January, and I mean that's like his third out of the, the awards given so far. So I mean, gets off to the the boss. I mean, he's done fantastic, and I mean, all his awards whenever he accepts it, the whole or the whole coaching staff actually stands behind him with that uh, with a trophy. So I mean, it just shows you how highly things of them. So I mean, hats off to the guys also. You know that we don't see that you you know the all in, in the background and it. So. Fantastic by Arsenal. The and I think Arteta, you know, our place is like he, he, our place in the league is warranted, just like he's manager of the month award. It kind of, you know, goes hand in hand to why we are where we are at the, in the league at the moment. Yeah. So with that, enjoy the game later. It should be in a good few hours time than the early morning or early game kickoff for the day. Everton versus Arsenal. Hope you guys enjoy the match. Let's get the three points. Come on, you Gunners. Come on, you gunners. Let's extend that lead to eight points. Okay.